Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A quick programming note, and I'm really glad that it's going to work out this way. Um, when we went to break, I just got a, a phone call from Tim McClellan, and he is uh, had a change of heart and does want to come on and, and speak about his uh, friend, his former colleague, Eric Cooper. So Tim is going to join us here uh, at 11.45 for a few minutes this morning. Um, a lot of... You know, reminiscent about his time uh, with with Coop and about the off season and the fun they had uh, doing doing what um, um, what we were so grateful for them to do. Let's get Bama Bob in here. We'll go around uh, college football, but again, Tim McClellan, grateful to Tim, going to join us at eleven forty five. Bama Trenton Ken, thanks for coming on. What a weekend of college football, Bama. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, Kenny. Now, you know, the, the whole Eric Cooper thing, man, that just stunned me last night when I saw it. I know he's got a lot of Iowa ties and a lot of people hurting, and uh, I just feel for him. And, you know, McClellan's, uh met Tim a couple times up there. He's a great guy, one of the best voices you'll ever yeah. hear anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, just want to extend my thoughts, man. That's just, it's just awful. It's Far shocking. too soon. Oh, my gosh. Yep. You just, I don't know. I saw it pass across last night, and I just, done yep. so no doubt. with everybody up there today there's a lot of people hurting but yep. no doubt I'll, about it. only go absolutely let's uh get back into playland and that's uh you know sports and college football uh and another just a phenomenal weekend bama there's so many places to start you know where i want to start with you is um and we were both texting back and forth during a kansas texas football game oh my god can kansas <laughs> do it and uh yeah. boy they almost did didn't they they almost did less miles i guess they now Every every school or every team, a lot of teams, they they take something that was set up during the week, they blow it out of proportion. But it was something, I guess, that Tim or that uh, Tom Herman had said uh, during the week that got under the skin a little bit about the for, uh, these Jayhawk players. They gave Texas all that they wanted in that game. Bama was a walk off field goal to beat them. Yeah, it really was, and I was rooting. Man, I was rooting like hell for Kansas. Um, not the biggest Tom Herman family, been over that before. And listen, you call it the Oklahoma hangover, whatever you want to do, but I mean, say what you want about Les Miles, and I hope he can get a few good players to come to Kansas. It's going to be hard because he's going up against Oklahoma and Texas for the for the five stars, and he knows it. But if he he may have to go the JUCO route, I don't know, but it's going to work for Bill Snyder to be fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got a chance to be fun in Lawrence. Uh, for the next few years because he's anything but dull. And we saw it down here with LSU, and it just ran its course. It was kind of like Mark Richt at Georgia. That's all I can say. He didn't forget how to coach. Uh, He ran up against a buzzsaw in Nick Saban in Alabama that he couldn't get over. But, man, I, I, I I hope the fans up there will appreciate a little bit what they have. I know it's a basketball school. I get it. The facilities are lacking, but... I mean, it's that could, it's got a chance to be a fun team, and it was certainly fun Saturday night. And they just for whatever they couldn't get over the hump. They left too much time 
at the end of the game. And you give Ellinger uh, all the credit. I mean, he took him back down yep. under a pressure situation. And if you don't think that's pressure, mm. I mean, it was Bear Bryant, you know, said, hey, if you don't think this is a big game, try losing it. So, you know, if you don't think Kansas is a big game to Texas, try losing to Kansas for the first time ever. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a fun game. Um, I wish they could have pulled it out. They didn't. But I think it's – Kansas has a chance to uh, to be a, a fun team to watch over the next few years while the hat's there. Auburn runs away from Arkansas. No surprise there. But you're number two at Chad Morris at Arkansas. It's not going well. Arkansas, is this no. a program that, with the way the the SEC West is constructed, can they ever win again? <laughs> if they get the right coach. I mean, they had the right coach, Bob Petrino. You yeah. know, and he yeah. messed up his personal life yeah. and cost himself a – you know, a professional, you know, career mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in the process, if you will. I don't, um, you know, send himself back, but it's hard. I mean, they, listen, they were their best when they had a guy, you know, Darren McFadden uh, and um, God, I can't remember the other guy's name now. They had the, the running back. Cadillac you know, Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's an Auburn. So, Auburn, that was Auburn. You're right, you're right. Yep, That was, was Auburn. Auburn, yeah. I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, nor can I. Like McFadden and, guy. yep, it was Thunder. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, anyway, but I mean, McFadden was the lead dog up there. And, you know, I think they got up to number three or four one year and, and actually were playing LSU to go to the SEC championship game. It's, listen, it's hard. It's going to be really hard, but you can win anywhere. I mean, Dan Mullen won at Mississippi State, and he, you know, Mississippi State, believe it or not, has been to the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas has been as well. Old Miss, the only team out of the West, never been, which is crazy. Mm. Um, but listen, what the problem that Arkansas is going to have, obviously, is talent, and they're fighting, you know, Texas and Texas A&M and everybody else for talent down in that state. And the coaching, I mean, you're, as long as Nick Saban's at Alabama, now you got Orgeron, you got Jimbo Fisher, I mean, you know, Gus, if you want to throw him in there. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a hard division to win in. It'll all cycle around, but listen, you're not going to get more. You got to get the right guy. You got to get a couple of really good players. And can they sust- ever sustain anything? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to have a four or five year run of dominance. They might catch lightning in a bottle with the right guy, but I don't think Chad Morris is the right guy. That system is awful. It's not going to work. And uh, I mean, they're going to get their butts handed to them again this week uh, against Alabama, although there will yeah. be no Tua, thankfully for them. So maybe they'll keep it within five Felix times. Jones, the other Felix guy. Felix Jones, And Peyton you. Hillis, uh, the fullback. Oh, Peyton Hillis, right. the, yeah, Peyton Hillis. The he was the fullback. He was a Bronco and a Bear? And a uh, Brown. Yes. And a Brown? Was he with the, was he with the yeah. Bears? He's with the Bears. I know yeah. he's a Bronco for yeah. sure. Uh, Peyton yeah, Hillis, 44, I think. Anyways, Batman, let's move on. Let's go around the five power conferences. Uh, we got to get our uh, four playoff teams in there at some point as well. So let's start in uh, the ACC. Look, Clemson pulled away in the end over Louisville. Um, a couple more picks for Trevor Lawrence. Did he set the bar so high that it was impossible for his – did he set his own personal bar so high that it was impossible for him to get back to that or is he having a down year? Where are you and Trevor Lawrence, who refuses to say, um, at least Dabble refuses to say, that his quarterback's hurt at all? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's an injury. Um, I, I think there's a couple things, Ken. I think you're right. He set the bar so high off that performance in the championship game. Nobody has ever shredded a Nick Saban defense the way he did in that championship game last year. 
And so I think it was just almost a given that he's going to come in, he's going to win the Heisman. But look, I mean, teams have all offseason, and I know he's playing in a crap conference and everything else, but listen, when you get a year of film, I mean, we saw it with Tim Tebow. Go look at Tim Tebow's, you know, freshman to sophomore season or sophomore to junior or whatever it was. I mean, he struggled one year. Florida went 7-5 and five with him one year. So, I mean, it's just hard because the coaches catch up to you, schemes catch up to you. They've lost some talent. Let's, you know, let's not forget that you have turnover and everything else on, in the college game that you don't really in the pros sometimes. But, um, listen, he's still a good quarterback. I think if the draft were held, I mean, it's the whole Tua versus Trevor and now Joe Burrow debate. Um, he'd probably be the number one guy if he was eligible this year. I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think he's hurt. I think he did set the bar really high. But Clemson did what they had to do. They flexed their muscles. Um they're, they know their margin for error is nil, and so I think they're going to go out and you know try to show it. And you know, they <laughs> how about Wake Forest all of a sudden six and one? Now they're not going to finish. I don't think they're going to win out. But my goodness, you know, they go to yeah. Clemson, and my gosh, all of a sudden that game's meaningful. And on the other end of the spectrum, you know, gosh, Willie Taggart and Florida State. Mm. Can we? I don't know when they're going to pull the plug on that, but it's going to be pretty soon. No doubt about it. Uh, Duke getting pounded by Virginia in that football game. You're yeah, Virgi- that conference is a mess. It really is. Trent, what'd you learn about the Big Twelve? Uh Big Twelve wise, Baylor just keeps doing mm-hmm. it. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think they're this good, but. To go to Oklahoma State and dominate in the fashion that they did. Certainly the final 30 minutes they did. Yeah. I, the, yeah. Something's happening there. I I can't put my finger on it, but they just keep getting wins. Yeah. Bama? Yeah, same. I mean, the Baylor defense. I mean, we talked about it Friday. I thought Baylor would win because you did. I thought they would take mm-hmm. away the running game. They didn't really take it away because, no. you know, the kid ran for 171 yards and two touchdowns. But you're right. It's the way they finished. I mean, it was a 21 mm-hmm. zip to, to finish the game. And I think Oklahoma State finished, you know, or, you know, three and out, three and out, whatever it was. And it's just, that was a good, that was a good win. And they're, man, they are right, damn, in the thick of it right now. I mean, it's 7 and 0 and undefeated. So they still got Oklahoma. So they still got Texas. I don't know that they're going to be able to shut Oklahoma down. Uh, but man, they're they're going to be a thorn for for one of both of those teams. They're not out of it by any means. Nope. Uh, Trent, let's go to the Big Ten. We'll let you start with the Big Ten. What did you learn? Well, uh, you don't have to do it pretty. Uh-huh. You just have to find a way to do it. Yeah, and they did it. And you can beat the Badgers. Just need a couple of big plays. And how about this? Here, here's some numbers for you. The final drive where Wisconsin had the football. This is where they snapped. They were inside of five minutes. They snapped the football with this left on the clock. 11 seconds, 11 seconds, 8 seconds, 7 seconds, 7 seconds. You're trying to run out the clock. What are they doing in Wisconsin? Uh, you can't, you just can't do that. No, I'm with you. Uh, Cohen had a bad pick late in that football mm-hmm. game. And uh, good for Lou, or good for Illinois, right? To be able to, um, you know, to put a scalp of that magnitude. Santa Claus looked great. He really did. He really showed some emotion <laughs> when the kick went through the uprights, too. You know, he, uh, he, he's a little spring in his step, and why would he? Bama, uh, you know, Friday night, Ohio State just opened up a can and just, just crushed Northwestern. Trent and I started yeah. the show with this. I don't know what that means. Northwestern's that bad, or is Ohio State that good, or maybe a little of both? I think a little of both. I think it's more Ohio, um, Northwestern's just not very good. That that whole quarterback situation is not working out like they thought. But 
you know, you saw you, you heard Pat Fitzgerald at the end of it. They were talking about that. Any surprise? And he goes, "Listen, they're just they're just really they're a damn good team." So, I th- there's not a lot of weaknesses on Ohio State. Um, you talked about Wisconsin. I agree with you. The clock man. I, I was watching that game at the end, and the the clock management was was pretty bad. Like you said, you don't you, you run it down to one or two seconds, and I mean, but you know, Michigan again. My gosh, I told you I wasn't going to pick them in a big game, and it was there was a reason why. Uh, if if you're a Michigan fan, this is the best game that you played all it year, is. and you still lost. Yep. And so I just don't know where you go with that. They got Notre Dame this week. I mean, if they lose at home to Notre Dame, this could start going. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. I thought that we could be talking about Harbaugh going to the NFL and reaching a mutual agreement. And I think, I mean, we're headed that way. And the biggest winner in the Big Ten, Ken, was who? The biggest winner in the Big Ten. Uh, well, Minnesota, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, because now if Ohio State loses to Wisconsin, I mean, I'm sorry if Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, mm-hmm. they're two games up. Yeah, they are. All they're going to foul Maryland this week. I, I would mean, think. my goodness. Then they have, yeah. what, Northwestern, Iowa, and Penn State still, correct? Penn State's the first yeah, of that group. Mm. They've still got some meat on that schedule. I think they have Wisconsin, Iowa, and Penn State left. So they're not out of the woods, but that gave them a little margin for error. Is good point. Um, because, you know, it's the, you know, I mean, listen, all you can do is beat the teams in front of you, and they've done it every time. Indeed. Um, Pac-12, Trent. Pac-12, that Oregon-Washington game was fun. Fun game. It was interesting. It was yeah. compelling. The rest of the conference, Ken, you got to slow down a little bit here. But that game in itself, those were two good, talented football teams. Washington. You don't put Utah in the good football no, team category. Not, you still that, don't, huh? They're still too limited offensively. I. Eh. Well, Hundley did he? He got hurt in the game. I'm not sure he finished. He's been the game banged or... up. Moss has been banged up all year long. They're okay, but those two teams certainly the most talented. I think. Out of the Pac-12. That was a good game. I really enjoyed that I one. I did too. Throughout the afternoon. How about you, Bama? Your takeaway from the Pac-12 was what? Yeah, same thing. I mean, listen, Utah, you got to give them credit. I agree with you. They're they're not as what I thought they might be early on in the year offensively, mm-hmm. but listen, their defense shut down Arizona State. Yeah. Oregon's defense, again, when it mattered, okay, Washington's last three drives, three and out, three and out, turnover mm-hmm. on downs, okay? I mean, you're not what you think of, and I know it was 35-31, so you wouldn't exactly call it a defensive game, but when they needed a stand or a couple of them, that defense came up. And I agree with you. I think those are the two best teams. In the Pac-12, but we're we're barreling toward an Oregon Utah Pac-12 championship, and I'm surprised at Washington. Uh, They've been inconsistent all year, and you know for whatever reason, I just you know they can't get it done. Jacob Eason struggling, Georgia transfer. Although Uh, that that was a pretty good quarterback matchup. I mean Herbert Neeson wasn't awful. Yeah, Yeah. no, pretty good. I think those are two guys that are going to play on Sunday. I really do. I mean Herbert for sure, and I Mm -hmm. think Eason will too. I just hope he's not a Bronco hurt because I'm not sold. Anyways, uh, uh, let, let's go to the SEC. Bama, what'd you learn in the SEC this week? Well, that everything can turn in a split second because Tua, with that ankle injury, he had surgery. Um, it's that they call it a tightrope procedure. It's something that they've, you know, proprietary surgery that they've got down there. He went through the same thing last year after the SEC championship game. He had a couple weeks. He is, he, says he's going to be back um, for the LSU game, and he probably will. He will not be 100%. There's no there's no way he can be. And, you know, all of a sudden, one versus two and this whole showdown thing and the Alabama's cruising over Tennessee and everything else, and, man, it just 
it all turns on the knife's edge and, mm-hmm. and literally. And so now we're, you know, we're going to see how he does. And we got, he's got three weeks till the game. He's got two weeks till he needs to be back on the practice field. The other thing is, you know, Man, you can tell the the heat's starting to get to a couple coaches. Will Muschamp loses his mind on the sidelines, yep. and it's the same thing he did at Florida. He can't let it go. He mm-hmm. won't shut up, and all it does is give his team an excuse. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, same thing with yep. Garantano. I mean, threw him under the bus, the whole public. Hey, Jeremy, call a timeout mm-hmm. if you don't like what you can see what's happening. Go up, call a timeout, and stop it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, maybe you don't want to run the first three plays up the middle either, but <laughs> If I'm Garantano, I'm packing my bags. I'm getting out of Yeah, that wasn't a good like, look, Bubba. That wasn't yeah, a good look. Yeah, I'm not look. taking that crap. No I, I'm way. with you. You know, one so. other coach I'm going to throw in the mix, too, an emotional uh, Derek Mason after the uh, on the sideline. Well, you hadn't even got off the field, his on-field interview uh, after the game, after they beat Missouri. I mean, that was yeah. really, really emotional. Um, so, yeah, three yep. coaches, three coaches, Bama. They, uh, their seat's getting hot, no doubt about it. Uh, let's do this, boys. Let's uh, Top four, give us your Trent Condon. We will start with you. Your four playoff teams as of today. Number one, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Number two, LSU. Mm-hmm. Number three, Alabama. So far, same. Do it. Do it. Number four, Clemson. And I know, yeah, I know, and, and I, have, I haven't had him in there the last few weeks, but benefit of the doubt, Satterfield's doing a really nice job in Louisville and pull Good away point. the way they did. Good point. That was impressive. Yeah, they were because it was a tighter game early. It was. Yep, tighter game early. Uh, your top four, Bama. Same thing. Ohio State clear number one to me right now. I think they're distancing themselves. We'll see more about it after this week when they have a their, their toughest test of the year by far. With even though Wisconsin's coming off a loss. Uh, LSU right now over Alabama. Alabama, I've got him in there with a big asterisk because of, of Tua's ankle. Um, man, I don't know where to go. Um, there's three teams you can put Oklahoma, Clemson. I'm going to put Penn State in there. Mm. I just think I, I like Clifford. I like what so do he's I. doing. Um, I don't Tough. really love them maybe on the road, and they're going to have to win a couple road games, but I think they can give Ohio State all they want. I really do. I mean, they're, they've got they've got athleticism. And and you know can they slow down Ohio State? I don't know, but got the front four to do it. Stayed in there for now. Uh, Here's Penn State. They've still got to go this week. They're at uh, they're in East Lansing, so that's a win at Minnesota. Ohio State. Those are the three. Can game day knock knock the Gophers off the we've never been there list when Mm. they when the Gophers host the Nittany Lions on November the ninth? Yeah, it could very well be. Did I see they're going to South Dakota? Yes, love it. Good <laughs> for them. Is that this week? Yes, this week. Yeah. How about that? Now, that's also LSU-Alabama week, but yeah, go go, go give the folks in uh, the Twin Cities a little love. Go up there. I'm uh, LSU-Alabama's going on that week. They pro- That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. uh, that's probably where they are. Uh, same top three as everybody else. I'll ju- I'm going to put Oklahoma's number four for me. Here's a guy that's kind of flying under the radar, guys. If he wasn't, If he was at Texas still... Well, he wouldn't be playing, but he's not. He's at SMU and shame your shell, boys. Don't look now. What a what a year this yep. guy's having, huh? They could be going to the to the. They uh, might be the group of five. Uh, they to might the be the rep. Yeah. They might against be the Notre rep. Dame. How about that? Is that what it would be? Yeah. Uh, shades of old schoolness there. SMU, wow. Notre Dame, and the Cotton Bowl. Wow, that would be something. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. my gosh, Can you imagine? Yeah, Notre Dame not wanting to be there, and if it, yes. <laughs> you playing at home. 
Excellent. <laughs> Those excellent doters point. would have their pocketbooks wide open at SNU. Six touchdown yeah, passes would. this past weekend for the former Longhorn. But I mean, we're out of time. I want to try and stay on pace our schedule here so we can get Tim McClellan, who's going to join us at 1145. Yeah, absolutely. Bam, we'll talk to you on Friday. Right. Thank you, buddy. Take care, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bama Bob, Trent and I going around college football. Right now, it's time to put $1,000 in your bowl bankroll. Trent, first. Play that sounder as I jump all over it. Text the keyword freeze to 200-200 right now. That's freeze to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic next to McClellan. Reminiscent about his friend uh, Eric Cooper uh, at 1145. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Uh, former Major League umpire Tim McClellan, 15 minutes, uh, will join the program right now. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. As we take a look back to Purdue and ahead to Northwestern coming up this weekend, Scott Dockerman joins us. Doc, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Scott. How are you? Hey, I'm wonderful. How's it going today? Doing well, and thank you for coming on. You know, let's start with the good. I mean, it's a win. A win's a win, right? It doesn't say how it says how many at the end. And and lo and behold, there's uh, there's the Hawkeyes moving their way up to now sit five and two, and all so close to that uh, to that uh, bull bid uh, that comes along with it. I'm going to start positive, and that was some young guys who were really jumped out at least off of my TV screen. Dane Belton was terrific. It was great to see Riley Moss and Trent reminded me about. Jack Campbell, who played and uh, he made an impact on the football game. So we'd seen Moss before, but Campbell getting uh, you know a good opportunity and Dane Belton. Uh, some of these young guys had an impact defensively this past weekend, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where you need to start. You had, you went to the right area, and that was because of what Purdue can do. You need to go to cash secondary. You need to go to five. And Dane Belton, it was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, we'd heard his name several times mentioned as a possibility at that, that cash position. But, man, he's really, uh, you know, he's really come out, and, and he played well the other day. I mean, I, you, when you didn't notice him negatively, you thought, okay, this guy's capable of doing something special, and he's got the right build, and, and he, he's playing it well. And I, I thought that was a real positive. Riley Moss coming in for Matt Hankins, who just really had a bad day, if nothing else, which Purdue can do that to you. Uh, you know, uh, I thought he, he did a nice job on David Bell. Bell is the re- real deal. We all saw that one coming, but just not maybe a little faster than advertised. And then finally, yeah, a middle linebacker, um, you know, Jack Campbell and Dylan Doyle each taking snaps there. I think Campbell's going to be a good player in the future, you know, and uh, I think, Doyle can be as well, but man, I, I really like uh, what Campbell brought, and I think he can be. He's got the potential to be a multi-year starter, and, and just his first experience, uh, he certainly fit the part. A lot of good talent over there. The offense certainly ran into some potholes along the way. A couple of touchdowns in the game, but overall, is this the reality just for 2019? Iowa, even against Purdue, struggling to run the football, they're going to struggle the rest of the year. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's kind of where it's all headed, and and it's kind of surprising to me because after four games, I mean, they were averaging almost you know almost 218 yards a game on the ground, but uh, you know if they can still reach that 100 yard plateau, that's 
kind of the telling statistic for Iowa, 41 and four, uh, you know, for the last four plus seasons. So I think that's uh, something you've got to keep your eyes on. But, you know, that, that's the tough part of the Iowa scheme is that it's just when you run zone constantly, it's easy to get undercut, especially, you know, by quicker penetrating linebackers. And if you can't make a pay with a counter or something like that, they're just going to keep hitting that. And I think that's what happened with Purdue here. I, I think their backs are capable. I just they're missing a block or two on every single stretch play, and and when they do that, then it blows it up. You know, it doesn't matter how good that everybody else hits it. If one or two guys miss, or one one guy in particular, you know, like the lead guard uh, can't get his block, then bam, it, it it could be over quickly. And that's kind of the difference between Iowa's uh, style and Wisconsin style. And um, there's one that works and one that most of the time doesn't. Indeed, Doc. You know what didn't work for me in the the fact that Iowa did not go for two. They go up, what was it, 25-13, right? Uh, Instead of going and making it a 14-point game, I don't even know if it crossed their mind, Doc. I want to believe that it did, that somebody... You know, got in somebody's headset and say, you know, maybe that's what does the card say? Shouldn't we be going for two here? Um, and even if they were overruled, at least somebody planted that seed, which I hope happened. I was really surprised, Doc, and disappointed that uh, we didn't see the offense back on the field to try and make it a 14 point lead late in the football game. Yeah, that was really. And I remember at the point I was standing at the uh, edge of the tunnel waiting to go out on the field, and after they scored and, and they brought out the uh, extra point crew. I, I just said, this uh, this has the makings of that Northwestern game in 05. Right. Iowa was up 27 to 14. Northwestern scores, onside kick, gets it, scores a touchdown, wins by one. And and uh, you know, there there are just some things that coaches just don't think about in in the line of fire, and that's one of them. And for whatever reason, and, and I, I think they don't play with numbers very well. And whether it's, uh, you know, now Purdue did the exact right thing when they're down nine, they couldn't get the touchdown. It's fourth down inside the 10, kick the field goal, right? Get your points now. Cause you'll have another chance at it. Iowa just doesn't get it sometimes. And, and, uh, you know, like I remember a few times where I think it was Western Michigan in 07 and that last seat, regular season game where they played so poorly. And, and they were down by like nine, same type of scenario. Didn't kick the field goal, so I, I just sometimes it just blows my mind. Nobody asks the question because when you win like that, it's mm-hmm. not that relevant. But it does kind of add up to, you know, kind of a WTH moment, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, it does, and we we've had plenty of those throughout. Talking right now with Scott Doctorman from the Athletic Doc uh, offensive line. We talked a little bit about the running game going forward. We've seen more and more Mark Kallenberger. We've seen a little bit of the youngsters, uh, Cody Ince and Justin Britt. Your thoughts on those guys, and is it time to just go all in with the youngsters going forward, and, and that's the direction that offensive line needs to go? Yeah, I agree. I think that's what you need to do. I mean, you know, if I were if I were the offensive line coach, uh, I would, uh, you know, keep Kallenberger in there because he's going to start a tackle for you next year, one of the two spots because, let's face it, both those guys are going to be gone. Uh, but I think the other guard, I think you do a rotation with, uh, you know, at least this week for sure with Britt and, uh, and Cody in because they're going to be starting next year. One of them is. And you want to get them as acclimated as you can to playing. And, and if they're performing at a similar level as your veteran, you know, go younger in that position because that's really kind of the one that's holding them back. And then uh, when Kyler Schott is healthy enough to get in the, the lineup, 
and throw him in there because he's been their highest performer at that position. I don't, I'm not sure when. I, the last time I saw him was about two weeks ago. He was like kind of one of those scooters, you know, that you put like for a, a high ankle sprain. So, uh, you know, now I would love, I think it'd be great for Iowa if he could come back time for the Wisconsin game. But then again, how rusty will he be? So, uh, just, uh, I, I, I would go young at this point because at least you're going to build them some, uh, calluses and experience rather than, uh, if you got the same type of position that, you know, Landon Paulson's not going to be there next year and neither will the Levi. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. Doc, my last thing for you, uh, watching uh, Northwestern Ohio State on Friday night, Ryan Field, places banged out. Um, You know, it was a good atmosphere, at least uh, for the first uh, few minutes of the football game, and then it just was all downhill if you're, you know, you were there to root for Northwestern. I don't know what to make of it, Doc. I don't think I learned too much about the game. I thought Northwestern's defense was good. I still do. I think just Ohio State's on another level. Offensively, North Northwestern is really, really challenged. Northwestern hosts Iowa this week. What do you expect, Doc? You know, it's easy to, without getting too heavy into this, is you, you, traditionally these teams play pretty hard-hitting physical game, somewhat low-scoring, and the, the styles kind of pit that right now. Uh, Northwestern, I still think, has a very good defense. I mean, you can't really judge defense by how they play against Ohio State. They're too good. Right. Uh, but this at this time... You know, they're so limited offensively that they have to execute every single opportunity they get and turn it into points and play good field position football on every possession. And I don't, I just, I think it gets good teams even. They're going to struggle with that. I mean, you know, they held their own for a while with Michigan State and lost. Same thing with Stanford. And, and, and they're in that tough spot. You know, Nebraska, they lost by a field goal. So, I think they're good enough to be competitive with Iowa. I just think Iowa's better in every area. I think Iowa's got a slightly better defense. Iowa's clearly better on offense. They're going to make a lot of big uh, blow-up type plays on in the run game against Iowa. But but I just don't know if they can hold Iowa for four quarters that way because I just don't think unless Iowa turns it over or has some horrendous situation. I don't see them scoring. Now, last year they didn't do that much either. I mean, they scored 14 points at one. Uh, but I don't even know that they can get that on Iowa this year. They just don't have the players. So I think uh, if Iowa plays it close to the vest, plays a really boring game, I still think they could probably win by 10 points. I'm with you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. We will uh, continue to follow you. Maybe we'll get some news on Brandon Smith. If not, maybe Oliver Martin gets an opportunity this week to see the field. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. All right, quick time out. We come back here. Tim McClellan joins the program as we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 
Uh, final segment of the day, Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4, and the Iowa State uh, Coaches Call-In Show tonight uh, coming up at 6.30. Well, uh, glad to talk to the, our next guest under you know, unfortunate circumstances uh, with the passing of Eric Cooper, but Eric Cooper and Tim McClellan in these very radio studios for a number of years, uh, really uh, entertaining the baseball fans and the sports fans out there with their outstanding program, one that not a lot of markets can say they ever had. Uh, and Tim joins us to, you know, reminisce, uh, reminisce a little bit about his colleague and his former radio partner and umpire, uh, Eric Cooper. Uh, good to talk to you, Tim McClellan. How are you? Good, Ken. How are you doing? How's everything up? Oh, uh, things are good. We miss you here, uh, yep. Tim. It's, uh, it was a fun run. You guys were, you know, I kind of want to focus on Upside View, and of course, well, you can take this wherever you want. But it was, um, I guess, how did it? How did you and Coop come to be a radio team? And it certainly worked. Uh, it was really, really great programming. Two guys that you know, on the field, behind home plate, and uh, some of the biggest games that were unfolding over those times. How did it all come about, Tim? Well, first, first of all, uh, Marty Terrell, way back, uh, I can't even tell you what year it was, uh, wanted me to be on the radio uh, when he first came to town. I remember that, yep. To give, it a, to give it a little local flavor, and so that's where I got started. And then, then I used to do a little segment with Marty, and then with you and some of the other guys, and there and then I and then I said, you know what, we I could do this on my own. And, <laughs> and when I said on my own, I, I didn't mean on my own. But I got Coop uh, uh, to join me, and so the two of us just started uh, outside view uh, that way. We were out, way out north of town on uh, well, I think it's Second Avenue, and when the yeah. studios were way out there, yeah. and uh, and then we came downtown and when. Uh, but you know what? Uh, more more than the show, uh, it was an opportunity for two friends to get together sure. on a weekly basis, and we used to go out uh, after the hour of show and uh, and have a burger or, or wings uh, and a beer. But it was just an opportunity for the two of us to uh, to bond and to share our friendship on on a weekly basis. Yeah, and that came across uh, distinctly on the radio, Tim. You guys were were good friends. Obviously, the content was outstanding, and you know you spoiled the the audience here uh, in Central Iowa, especially the baseball fans. You know what struck me in in Eric's passing, Tim, is you know it's former players like Anthony Rizzo. It's former players, current players like Rizzo, former players like Chipper Jones, Charlie Manuel, Larry Boa, some real baseball guys that have shared their thoughts with Eric Cooper and, you know, just how much he appreciated that he was given that opportunity to be a major league umpire, how much he loved the game and how much respect that these, uh, peers of his had for what he did between the lines. There was no doubt about it that Coop loved it, loved uh, umpiring and loved the game of baseball, um, and did a uh, did a fantastic job on the field. He was very, very highly respected. I think you know they they started uh, that uh, Quest Tech thing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, the strike zone where you could tell how many pitches we missed uh, per game, and Coop was always one of the most highly. Uh, rated umpires in that in that thing. Uh, matter of fact, I think he, a couple of games he he had a hundred percent, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure I had a hundred percent adding two of my games together, but uh, 
but uh, he he loved the game and yeah. was well respected and is shown by 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 the what you're talking about the text or tweets or whatever yep. social uh, media that he got from from players. Yep, and hey. uh, he he loved working the game and loved loved his umpires, loved his crewmates. Uh, he was a good crewmate. Would always do whatever needed to be done off the field and uh, and carried his I hate to say carried his own weight on the field, but. Uh, he did a great job on the field. Tim, since the uh, four years since you retired, when you talked to Coop about the changes that baseball's going through, you said, you know, his love of the crew and everything else there, but it seems like umpiring is a lot different than even going back to 2015. What would Coop tell you about that and the changes inside the game? You know what, to be honest with you, we never really talked baseball whenever we got together. Oh, yeah. uh, once in a while we would talk about crews or where the schedule or something like that, but we very seldom talk baseball. Uh, the boys, and as I've told Ken over the years, uh, I put baseball behind me. I don't, I don't watch it. I don't listen to it. Uh, I don't read about it. Uh, I just know enough, maybe to talk to my son Cole about it a little bit. But uh, when Coop and I and, and Mike Everett, uh, you know, another umpire here in town, uh, got together, it was just. Uh, it was like two friends getting together. We, you know, we didn't talk baseball an awful lot. Uh, so, but to answer your question, Trent, uh, the game has changed, and I and I got out just in time because <laughs> they started replay that first year when I was gone, and uh, uh, I'm I'm happy that I got out. But uh, but then, no, we 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 didn't talk baseball, and and, and that's. Probably more of my my want and desire than than Coop's or, or Mike's. Uh, so hmm, interesting. Uh, yep. Uh, Tim McClellan is our guest. Tim, uh, 2014. Look, you you had plenty of World Series. Coop finally got his first one, 2014. That the story that when Joe Torre called him on his cell phone. I guess Coop was in his car uh, when yeah. when Joe Torre uh, broke the news to him, congratulated him that he's that he's got a World Series. And how emotional Eric was. He had to pull over the car uh, just to have yep. a moment for himself. What I'm, I'm sure you guys discussed that at some point. What a great, what a great yep. story! That is a great story. And and Coop was that was his desire. That's everybody's desire to work a world, or every umpire's desire to work a world series. But with Coop, you know, being such a good umpire, it just for whatever reason it never came around for him. And then when it finally did, you're right. He had to pull off. The road and uh, Joe Torrey made a joke. He says, Coopy says, I know you were driving, I wanted to call because I didn't want you to get in an accident. Um, and but he, he, he pulled the car over, and I think he was on the highway and, and just sat on, on his shoulder and, and cried because mm. it, it meant so much to him. And uh, uh, and once again, he went out and did a bang up job in, in the World Series and all, really all the playoff games. I, I don't watch many of the, many of the games, uh, even when I was working. Um, but when I knew a, a new guy or had a close friend like Coop, I would always watch his play job just uh, and uh, and hope that he did his normally uh, bang up job. And, and usually Coop did. Yeah, no doubt about it. Vi- very highly rated umpire, number fifty six, Eric Cooper. Well, Tim, we only got like a minute left. Um, why don't you, you know, h- how will you remember your friend Eric Cooper, either you know uh, on the field or off the field? How will you remember Eric Cooper, Tim? 
just as for uh, his love, uh, Mike Ever was on, uh, uh, did an interview yet last night and talked about the love for Coop had, whether it be, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, you know, his love of baseball, his love of umpiring, his love of umpires, uh, his love of Iowa State, his love of Des Moines. He's a Hoover grad. Yep. Um, and he, he, you know, I, I don't think I ever saw Coop down. He's, he went to, some issues off the field in the last couple of years, but uh, I never really saw him down. Uh, he was always happy, always uh, in a good mood, uh, no matter what was going on. And uh, he, he just a big old lovable guy, and, and I don't think he had an enemy in the world. No, nor do I. He was a very, very nice man is what he was. Hey, Tim, listen, thanks for sharing some of the memories that uh, that you and Coop had when you were inside uh, 1460 and your friendship uh, with your former colleague, Eric Cooper, is clearly going to be missed. Tim McClellan, thank you for, for doing this. We appreciate it. Be well, Tim. Thanks, Kay. I will, and I'll try. And uh, congratulations to all of you guys. You guys do a great job. I'll listen to you whenever I get in the car. And we appreciate that, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Be well. Take care. All right. All right. Bye yep. Bye bye. Uh, Major League umpire Tim McClellan on the passing of his friend uh, Eric Cooper. Uh, Murph and Addy today at two. Fanatics at four. Then the Iowa State coaches call in show tonight at six thirty. Uh, morning rush will start Tuesday morning. Local programming at six a.m. Thanks for being here. We're Miller in Condon. Ten to noon Monday through Friday on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO.